we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Welcome to Redemption Church. We're so glad that you found us and everybody in the room. We're so glad to have every one of you. You took time out of your, your, your short weekend. Weekends are so short, aren't they? But you took time out, out of your short weekend and you came and you worshiped God with us. And I'm really, I love that. If, if you didn't, if, let me tell you, it's a blessing to me to be able to worship God with you. I thank you so much for being with us. Uh, everybody online, everybody in the room, who wants to get closer to God today? Anybody want to get closer to God? Let me hear you. Yeah. We're in the third week of our sermon series. Somebody help me. What's it called? It's called Vibe Check. Now, I know some of you guys, y'all are like, what in the world is pastor preaching? What is this Vibe Check? And I know, I know Jeff. Jeff's first thought was, I'm reading your mind, Jeff. Jeff's first thought was, is he talking about the vibro axe from Star Wars? Is that perhaps what he's talking about? Y'all know the vibro axe. It's a very famous weapon. No, it's very obscure. Did I lose you, Lupita? No, this is in uh, Return of the Jedi. Lando Calrissian's holding this axe, and nerds like me know that as the vibro axe. As cool as that would be, that's another sermon series series coming to you in October. Vibro Acts, the sermon series. But for tonight, no, we're talking about vibes, and that's a little different. What is a vibe? We've told you. I want to get you in your heart. Here it is. Vibe is a person's emotional state that is felt by others. So what they feel inside isn't just left inside, but it's felt by others. It's the tangible atmosphere created by the disposition of our beings. Also, it is a practical revelation of a spiritual reality. Want to nail this home. There is a spiritual reality inside of you and outside of you. There is a spiritual reality everywhere. Every word that God said in his book, the Bible, is a spiritual reality. Even if you don't see it, it's real, and one day it shall be seen. We told you in that first week that vibe is like the cologne or the perfume of your life. It's what other people experience from being around you. So it's time for a vibe check. Somebody say vibe check. I want to know if you remember, the best vibes come from where? The Spirit, the Spirit, guys, it's our memory verse for the month. The, the, the fruit of the Spirit. We'll, we'll have to start this whole series over. No, no. The best vibes come from the Spirit. And that also means that the worst vibes come from the flesh. We have this, this encounter with Spirit versus 
flesh. And the greatest vibe the Spirit produces is love. We talked about that last week. One more time, let's look at our gifts, uh, our fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. So last week we talked about love as that greatest vibe. What follows love? Somebody say it. Joy Joy follows love. Did it help to have that written up there when I asked you? Is that good? Don't you wish all life was like that? See, I'm good to have around. I ask you questions and put the answer. What follows love? Joy follows love. It's true in the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy. I also want to tell you where there is love, joy will also soon be there. Wherever there's love, joy is, is on its way. It's about to show up. In fact, I want to tell you this today. Love turns into joy. Don't believe me? Let's look at what Jesus said about it. John 15, verse 9 through 12 says this. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. He's talking about what so far? Love. Very good. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my love... Somebody correct a preacher. I've told you this so that my joy, where'd this joy come up from, Jesus? It just immediately turns. He's talking love, love, love. And I've told you this about love. I've told you about receiving God's love, remaining in my love, understanding that the commands of God are out of love and that you should keep them out of love. All of this love sermon, I have told you. So that my joy may be in you. And so that your joy may be complete. Look at that. Right there. It's like where there's love, you get ready. Joy is going to show up. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. So let's talk about joy real quick. Joy. How do we think about joy? I want to tell you joy is a holy gladness. That stems only from Jesus. Now, you can get a different definition of joy wherever you go, right? You can go down to the sports bar, and there will be a guy wearing a blue, white, and silver jersey. And you'll ask him what joy is, and he will wipe a tear from his eye. And he says, Emmett Smith running into the touchdown during the Super Bowl. (laughs) It's like, oh, that's awesome. You must be joyful all the time. And he says, no, I'm not. I'm a Cowboys fan. I haven't been joyful since 1995. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I am such a Dallas Cowboy fan. The NFL's getting kicked off. And I've got got just a secret for your joy when it comes to NFL. uh, Low expectations. Low expectations. I've got super low expectations about that team in Arlington this year. Everybody's got a different definition of what joy is. You've got some friends that are of some part of the political aisle and some are of 
this part of the political aisle, and one of them is happy, and one of them is sad at, at the same time. And it just is like, what, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. The one who votes red is really happy. That means the one who voted blue is probably really sad. Because they are defining their joy on something else. But I'm going to give you, I believe, God's definition of joy. Here it is. A holy gladness. It's something that's holy. It's something that's made by God for you. And it makes you glad. And it stems only from Jesus. I want to teach you a little bit about joy. The opposite of joy is not sorrow. And that might, that might take some convincing. So I'll, I'll try to convince you. The opposite of joy is not sorrow. Because joy can actually be present in sorrow. There have been times in my life where I've been at a funeral and felt joy. Why'd you feel joy? Are you glad that that person is gone? No, not at all. That's not it at all. No, I'm still experiencing loss. I may even have tears of joy as I'm thinking about what a wonderful life this person has had. And I've gotten to share a small piece of their life. And I know that their life is hid in Christ, in God. And that makes me happy. That gives me a holy gladness that stems from Jesus Christ. Joy is not the opposite of sorrow. You can be, there can be sad situations all over, but you can still have joy. I'm going to give you a new opposite of joy. The, The opposite of joy is negativity and emptiness. I want you to consider that over the next few moments, that the opposite of joy is not trouble and bad times. But the opposite of joy is negativity. Say it, negativity and emptiness. Let's talk for a moment about negativity. Negativity. Does anyone know about negativity? Does anybody know a person? Don't name them, Kathy, but does anybody know somebody that's negative? Anybody know somebody that's negative? Don't name them, Sarah. All right, now, now be really honest. Is anybody, the person that you know that's negative, actually yourself? I mean, that happens sometimes. That happens. But, but what is negative? That means you're critical. Have you known that person that's just critical of everything? It's never good enough for them. They ask you to do something, you do something for them, and they don't even say thank you. They go, you know, I'm glad you did that, but it's a little, blah, it's a little, it's a little critical. It's critical. It's critical. That's pretty negative. Or it's destructive. If it's not enough just to give little criticisms, uh, they, they can actually pull things down and tear you down and say negative things about you. And it's destructive. That's such a negative thing to be around. Some of y'all have been around that. I'm so sorry you've been around such a thing. How about, I hate this one the most. This is even maybe worse than destructive, Deborah. It may dismiss it. Have you ever just been kind of dismissed and they don't even think enough of you to tear you down or something? It's like, that's just, oh, of course, you, yes, yeah, you Christian or, or you, you Baylor fan or, or you, you know, uh, you jazz musician. I don't know, something, somebody just kind of dismisses you. Oh, of course, you would, you, you never went to seminary. So, well, just, of course, you would have that 
weirdness about you. And you know, dismissive. What is that? That's so negative. Or about this one, pessimistic. You ever tell somebody good news and they go, oh, well, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> they just like, it's like, it's so good. This wonderful thing happened. And said, oh, you better watch out. Don't get your hopes up. Like just wet blanket spirit, just pessimistic. I bet the worst is going to happen. They are a spiritual Eeyore. Anybody know Eeyore from 100 Acre Woods? Winnie the Pooh is like, well, I guess. And he's just sad about everything. And Winnie the Pooh's happy and he goes and sees Eeyore and he's like, oh, bother. It's like he's, he's run into Eeyore and he's just pessimistic. What is all this? This is different ways to be negative. There's more than one way to be negative. A lot of ways to be negative. Everybody, anybody have a bank account? Probably not something you want to bring up in the day of our finances and this society that we're living in. I want to tell you that your account runs negative when you make more withdrawals than you make deposits. Does that make sense to anybody? Right. Yeah. Like if I make a deposit like every day, just like shing, got your plastic card there. You're like at Starbucks, shing, and you're at Target and you're like, shoo, and you go to Bucky's and you're like, cha-cha, and you're just all around. You're just, you're on that Amazon. You're like, bleep, bleep. you don't even have to swipe it because you got it memorized in your computer, right? If you do that more than you actually go to the bank and hand them a check or have them direct deposit, if you make more withdrawals than you do deposits, your bank account will become negative. Does this make sense? All right. A negative number is not something you want to see when you log into Chase. It, that little minus sign is not good, Courtney. It's not good at all. So what should you do to avoid negativity? More deposits. More positive deposits. How about this? Make a deposit of love. Make a deposit of love. You know what that looks like? That looks like this. When you love God, when you take time loving God, do you know what happens? You make that deposit He loves you back. When you love God, he loves you back. And I would tell you, he loves you more than what you deposited. That's how to be positive. When we are worshiping up here, when you're in your daily life and you're just taking a time to worship God, I'm telling you, that will switch you from negativity to positivity because you're making a deposit. When you bless God, you know what he does? He blesses you back. When you give to God, he gives back. Let's hit some scripture. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Jesus says this, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I've always loved this verse. I've always thought about the times I've tried to go on a vacation And only take one suitcase. And you're just stuffing that thing. And you're like, oh, I've got to get this little pile in there. Will it get there? And you have to press it down. Shake it together. And it's still running over your suitcase. But that also 
is what happens when you give. When you give. And that's, that is uh, counterculture. That is counterintuitive. Uh, because you would think giving, I'll have less. But when you give like God tells you to give, you are actually end up making a positive deposit in your life. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not room enough to store it. I want you to picture, anybody ever go to a dam and you see a floodgate open and you see that water you do not want to stand in front of that water. There is nothing going to stop that water from moving. It's just going to move everything in front of it. That's God's blessing in your life. When you give to him, he's going to open up the floodgates, not of the Hoover Dam, but of heaven. The floodgates of heaven. You know what flows out of heaven? Life flows out of heaven. Healing flows out of heaven. Joy flows out of heaven. Peace flows out of heaven. All good things flow out of heaven. And it's going to flow out like a floodgate. Can't be stopped. And there won't be enough room to store it. Acts 20 verse 35 says this. Jesus' words, he says, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Oh, let me tell you, I want to tell you this real quick. Um, we're not, like, I'm not throwing money scriptures at you because we're going to take up an offering. I'm telling you that there is a principle here in giving. And it's not just giving monetarily. It's not just giving dollar, dollar bills. No, it's giving your heart. It's giving your time. It's giving your energy. And what are you doing? You're making a deposit in a relationship. And that relationship always comes back to you in love and in joy. What you give to the Lord always comes back to you in a greater amount. Anybody a witness over that? Anybody in this place? I've given something to the Lord and it was so good for me. I came and I gave him, I've, I've come to an altar. I've given him my sins. I've given him uh, my shame. I've given him time down here in this altar. And my goodness, if I didn't walk out of this place better. If I didn't walk out of this place stronger. If I didn't walk out of this place with hope. If you are negative, you need to send out love, praise, and celebration. I'm really serious about that. If you've got like negativity working in your life, if you're always pessimistic, if you're dismissive, if you're destructive, if all of these things that we've been talking about, if that's you, then you need to spend some time loving, praising, and celebrating. Okay? And not just on Sunday. You see, if you just do it on Sunday, it can just be a religion to you. It's just a thing you do. No, I'm telling you, Monday morning, get up a little bit early, spend some time loving God. Go somewhere, grab your coffee, just drink it and think about the goodness of God. Open your mouth and say, God, you've been so good to me. God, I celebrate this day and I celebrate this moment. There was a time in my life I didn't think I would make it to today. But here I am, and I'm celebrating it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I'm going to be joyful about it and be glad in it. Somebody clap your hands. Be joyful about this day he's brought you to. Hallelujah.
I'm telling you, that is something Christianity has gotten away from. You listen to me for a moment. Christianity has become a country club. Christianity has become a place where people check off that they went to church. And we don't live out Christianity. We don't live out Christ during the week. And we need to start doing that. And I just, I have, anybody have a grandmother that would pray? Anybody have a grandmother who would just burst into a worship song? in their, Whatever happened to that? We need some of that. We need some of that. We, you, you go ahead and be that weird parent that just says, To God be the glory. And people are like, what's going on? He's like, I'm just singing, To God be the glory. And your kids are like, uh-oh, he's getting started again. But we're not done. To God be the glory for the things he has done for with his blood he has saved me with his power he has raised me i say to god be the glory for the things he has done hallelujah give him the glory give him the praise you know what when you do that you will see positive deposits in your life. You will hear God's voice clearly. You will receive God's wisdom like you never have. And you'll just have a pep in your step. I guarantee you, you will. That's negativity. What was that next thing? Look, negativity is the opposite of joy and so is emptiness. What's emptiness like? What is it like to be empty? Are you empty? Well, when your stomach is empty... You feel what? Hungry or maybe even hangry. That's worse than hungry. Sarah jumped straight to hangry. One day we were in New York. We were young newlyweds. And I was like, all right. There's some things in New York we're going to see. We're going to go see. And we're, there's this one. It's called the Flatiron Building. We have actually have a picture of it in our condo. And we're going to go see this thing in real life. And so we get on a subway, and then I proceed to get us off at the wrong subway stop. And I'm like, I think it's down here. This was before the days where you picked up a phone and it walked you there. I think it's here. And it's only, it's only three blocks. But there are short blocks in New York, and there are long blocks in New York. And what do you think Chris Fluid had? We had long blocks. And I'm like, we're almost there. We're almost. And Sarah's like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Can we just... Is there an, I'm like, we're almost there. And I just like, I just kept going. I kept going. Elizabeth. And she's like, hand me your wallet. There is a hot dog stand right there. I am going to get a hot dog. And so we get that hot dog. And as we're standing there, I realize, wait, because I've been looking for this building. It was right. I was right in front of it. It's so hard to see it when you're right in front of it. But Sarah was a little bit hangry. When you're empty inside, there is hunger that comes there is I'm not you aren't satisfied when you are hungry and so you seek to fill yourself and in the natural you seek to fill yourself with nutrient you you go eat something when you are hungry if you are empty you need to be refilled Matthew 5 and 6 Jesus says this blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness the right things of God for they will be filled. 
1 Peter 1, 8 through 9 says this. Though you have not seen him, who are we talking about? Jesus. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Does love turn into joy, y'all? For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Does anybody love him? And as you love him, you just want more of him. You want to be closer to him. And as you are longing for more of him, guess what? You become filled with more of him. You become filled with his word. You become filled with his will. You become filled with his spirit. When you're filled with Christ, not only you're filled with love, but you're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. John chapter 15, 11, Jesus says this, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Complete. If it's complete, is it missing anything? No, it's completely filled to the brim with joy. Psalm 51 and 12, it says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Restore. What is another word for that? Refill. Refill it. Refill that joy of salvation. Oh my gosh, there are too many Christians that are somehow saved but not happy. They're somehow on their way to heaven but not full of joy. You know what needs to happen? They need to pray that prayer today. Jesus, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Do you remember the day you came to faith with Jesus? Was there a smile on your face? Yeah. Anybody remember the day they got up from an altar where they cried tears of repentance and you just looked at somebody and you said these words, I just feel so clean. Anybody know that feeling? Anybody remember that feeling? I just feel so clean. I feel so close to God. It's like the barrier between me and Jesus Christ has been removed. And I feel so happy. The joy of feeling his presence and his spirit being in you. And his spirit using you. That's joy in that. We need to get back to that joy. That is not a one-time filling station. We need to constantly being restored in the joy of our salvation. Every day you ought to be happy that you are saved. You don't need to be going through life going, Oh God, I hope I'm saved. Oh God, I hope I'm saved today. Because God, I've, oh you know what a failure I am. Turn that around. Turn that around. That is emptiness and that is negativity. You stand up on your feet and say, God, only you could save a guy like me. I thank you, God, for saving me. And I want to have that original joy that I had when I first was saved in Jesus' name. This ought to be a church full of joy. Why? Because we got a bunch of saved people in here. That's it. We ought to have that kind of joy. The opposite of joy is negativity. And emptiness. Are you negative and empty? Or are you full of joy? Be real about that. Really get an answer to that. Does that describe you? Either way. When you walk into a room, what's your vibe? When you walk into a room, are you bringing emptiness and negativity in that room with you? Or are you bringing a holy gladness that stems 
from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you bringing joy into that room? When you think joy, you should think two things very quickly. When you think about joy, you should think about Jesus. I learned as a kid in Sunday school that joy stood for Jesus first, yourself last, that's the why, and others in between. Anybody remember that one from Sunday school? Jesus first, J. Yourself last, Y. Others, there's the O in between. Putting Jesus first. Can't spell joy without starting with Jesus. When you think about joy, you need to think about Jesus. And if you're trying to get joy, if you're trying to get positivity and fulfillment from any other place, you're, you've already messed up before you've started. Joy is gladness within your soul that causes you to walk through life in strength. So when you think about joy, you need to think about strength. Strength. Somehow you are, you've got this joy in you and even though you have a problem in front of you, you're able to walk through this problem in strength. In strength. When you think about joy, the first thing you need to think about is who? Jesus. When you think about joy, the second thing you need to think about is what? Strength. Strength. Jesus and strength. That ought to typify joy for you. When you walk into the room, gladness should walk into the room. Strength should walk into the room. Perhaps people should be happy that you're walking into the are people happy that you walk into the room? You know it pretty quick. Anybody know what it, what it looks like, it feels like when maybe people aren't happy you walked into the room? Have you ever walked into a room and there was like talk and then you walked in and everything went really quiet? That's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. That's probably not so good. Or if you walk in the room and suddenly like, Ah, oh, there you are. I'm so glad I got a... Ah, like, like that. that's not a good sign either. But when you walk into the room, what if people thought, how can I be happy like that person? Oh, that person's here. That person's always good for a, for a joke or, or for laughter or for positivity. How can I be happy like you? Have you ever had someone ask you that? That is a very humbling question. How can I be happy like you? Or how about this one? How can I have strength like you? I know all that you're going through, but you look, you're happier than I am, and I'm not even going through hardship right now. How can I have that kind of energy or that, that vibe that you have? There's something about that person. They just have this, and they even have trouble understanding what to say there. They've got this energy, this vibe. The word they're looking for is joy. What if you had that when you walked into your room? And when people want to know how you have that happiness, that strength, and that energy, you should be quick to tell them. The answer is Jesus. Jesus is how I am happy. I could tell you a testimony of a time I was sad, but Jesus pulled me out. Oh, the song used to say, He brought me out of the miry clay. He put a song in my soul today. Ah, the song of praise. 
Hallelujah. That's what Jesus has done. He's pulled me out of those things. And it's a wonderful thing to look someone in the eye and say, you can be happy just like this. And pray for them. You really want to be happy? I can tell you exactly how to be happy. I want to give you a warning real quick. Beware. False joy. Just like there are works of the flesh that are misunderstood as love. We talked about that last week. Hookup culture is, is a perfect example of misunderstanding the works of the flesh and calling them love. It's not love. There are also works of the flesh that are misidentified as joy. Uh, there's a guy I want you to see. See if you can guess who this guy is. The first person here. You got that? Who is this person? Anybody? It's Mork. Who's the actor's name? Robin Williams. Very good. Uh, Robin Williams is known as a comedic genius. He's an an award winner. He won Academy Awards. He won enemy, uh, in, enemy, Emmy Awards and even Grammy Awards for his humor. We, we could go around the room and probably list our favorite Robin Williams movie. If you have a top 10 movie list, it probably has this guy in it. It, it wouldn't be shocking. He was worth $50 million in 2014 when he committed suicide. Beware false joy. Most people everywhere went, I am so shocked. Can you believe Robin Williams committed suicide? He just had this energy about him and this vibe. I want to tell you, you can have a false joy. Next person. Do you know this person? By Naomi Judd, known for her successful country music career. She performed with her daughter Winona, wouldn't that be great to not only perform, but to perform with your family and travel the world, winning five Grammys and nine country music awards? That'd be a pretty sweet gig, yeah. right? She was worth an estimated $25 million when she committed suicide just a few weeks ago. Yes, this very year, she committed suicide. Beware false joy. Look at all she had. Look at all she has accomplished. Surely she's full of joy. I don't think she was. Next. This one might be a little harder, but someone might know this person. Does anybody know this person? My goodness. Deborah is on it. Deborah. My gosh. We're doing it. All right. She's absolutely right. That's Kate Spade, everybody. Kate Spade. In, in, in 2018, Kate Spade was worth $200 million dollars. She was known for her high fashion purses and handbags. But in 2018, she committed suicide. The, a mogul of a fashion industry. But she apparently had false joy. This person, I, will, I would give you money if you could recognize this next person. You probably don't know that. This is someone my son would recognize though. This is Landon Clifford. He had a successful growing YouTube page. He was nearing 2 million subscribers. He, subscribers. he was the envy of many YouTubers who would like to turn their hobby into a career. He was doing it. He was newly married and had a newborn baby when he committed suicide in 2020. Beware false joy. 
Last one. Anybody know this guy? Who's that guy? Good Lord. Next time, if we ever have a play a game like this, Deborah, like name and celebs, you're on my team. You're on. This is Anthony Bourdain. Gosh, Anthony Bourdain had probably the most desirable job in the world. This was Anthony Bourdain's job. He was paid high dollar to travel the world to interesting uh, destinations, interview interesting famous people, and while interviewing them, eating. Fantastic, high cuisine type meals and stay in luxury hotels. Who wants that job? I would take that job. Whatever you're paying him, I'll take half. Let's make it happen. He was worth $16 million in 2018 when during a shoot, when during a shoot at a, at a resort, in a wonderful destination, in an unbelievable hotel, he went back to his room, and there he committed suicide. Ah, uh, beware that false joy lie that says, if I would just have a better job, I'd be happy. If I just had a better relationship, I'd be happy. If I could just lose five pounds, I'd be happy. Oh my goodness, there's somebody out there that's done it, and they've ended their life unhappy. Beware false joy. Can you spot false joy? Can you spot false joy? Gossip is a false joy. It leads, it gives a spark of excitement but it leaves you negative and empty. Sure, someone's listening to you. You're hearing something. You're hearing the latest or you feel really important. Wow, isn't it so elite that only we know this thing? Gossip. But it leaves you negative and empty. How about sinful entertainment? Sinful entertainment. You know, those things you shouldn't be watching, right? Temporary amusement. And in the moment, you may laugh. In the moment, you're totally entertained. In the moment, you might even describe it as joy. Beware false joy. Because after Netflix has finally said, are you still watching this? Are you still alive? This has been five hours now. Y'all have all gotten that warning. All right. Repent, church. Let's repent. Uh, what does that amusement, what does that entertainment leave you? It leaves you negative and empty. Have you ever watched something or listened to something or been exposed to something that left you negative and empty afterwards? During it, you thought this was really great. And then later, you just feel... Ugh, not so great. Fleshly desires. They're temporary pleasures, right? And there's people, they spent their whole life searching after these things, only over and over again to be left negative and empty. Beware false joy. Here's how you recognize it. It leaves you negative and empty. Negative and empty. Jesus said, remember, remain in my love. So that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be complete. Can we talk about complete joy? Complete joy comes from the love of Jesus. We talked about how love turns into joy. Joy belongs to the Lord. Do you know that joy belongs to the Lord? In fact, there's places in your Bible, it says the joy of the Lord 
It, like it belongs to him. Nehemiah 8.10 is one of these uh, verses. It says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know that? Yeah. It's the joy of the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. It only comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. It belongs to him. All right. Uh, complete joy is positive and not negative. Complete joy fills you and won't leave you empty. This one's important. Complete joy is not temporary. Somebody say not temporary. Do you know what the vibe of heaven is? It's joy. The vibe of heaven. Now remind me y'all. Y'all help me. Y'all have been studying your Bible. Is heaven a temporary place or an eternal place? Yeah, it's an eternal place. I'm telling you, complete joy is not temporary. Matthew 25, 21 says this. Well done, good and faithful servants. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you rulers over many things. What's the last thing? It says, enter into the joy of your Lord. Heaven, when you're crossing over temporary to eternal, that crossover is into joy forever. The vibe of heaven is joy. Citizens of heaven on earth ought to be filled with joy. Somebody say vibe check. A complete joy is available to you today. In, in a few moments, we're going to invite you to pray. I'm already going to just invite you. you. I want you to get your heart ready to, to ask God for this complete joy, to talk to Jesus, to become closer to Him. But first, before we get there, I tried to think of the best character in the Bible to teach you about joy. And I kept working really hard uh, to find a well-known character, somebody like David, or even a Miriam who danced and sang before the Lord with joy. That would have been really cool. But I felt checked in my spirit. Felt checked right here. And I knew exactly what God intended me to use. Have you ever like known but you still asked? Anybody ever do that? Yeah. I know God but I'm going to ask anyway. And I'm going to try to make it another way. Maybe a, a more sexy option. More a better sermon option. Wouldn't this be a better sermon Lord? But he says no this is it. This is what we're going to go with. So. Listen, Matthew 13, 44. Here's an entire parable in one verse. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. In this short parable, Jesus talks of a man who just stumbles upon a treasure. He wasn't looking for the treasure. He's just walking through a field. He's probably taking a shortcut. And he just happened to stumble upon a treasure. Here's the order of the story. Treasure found. Next, treasure hidden. Rehid that treasure. Rehid for a purpose, though. Three. Then in his joy went and sold all he had. Then in 
his joy. Went and sold all he had. And then forth, this is where the parable ends, bought the field and obtained the treasure. You follow this really simple parable? Really simple. I believe it is the quintessential example of how you're supposed to be joyful. Joy did not come when he found the treasure. That's where we think the joy comes. Joy comes when you've won the lottery. That's not it in this story. He sees the treasure, but joy's not mentioned yet. Joy did not come after he obtained the treasure. Well, after I get it, that's when I'm going to be joyful. That's not this story. Joy came as he purposed his heart toward the treasure. I'm going to say it one more time. Joy came as he purposed his heart toward the treasure. Sarah's going to come. You can go through hardship in joy. I'm going to say that one more time. You can go through hardship in joy, in a holy gladness, and in strength. But you can only do it if you purpose your heart on the true treasure. you got to purpose your heart on the treasure. What did he do in his joy? In his joy, he sold all he had. Now some, some would view that as a loss. There's a part of me that, that is able to, to get the negative out of any story, right? Well, he had to sell all he had in order to get this treasure. Isn't that sad? He, he had to sell what a hardship that was. And man, if only, man, if only he could have kept all he had and the treasure. These are thoughts that, that have gone through my head over the years. Some would view... That as not being a joyful situation. Having to sell your house. Having to sell your car. So that you could go purchase something and obtain something. But joy focuses on what is to be gained. Well, you don't understand that? Joy focuses us on what is worth the effort. What is true treasure. And when you focus your heart on what's true treasure. Everything else is easy to sell. Everything else is so easy to sell when you look and you find the true treasure. Enjoy, he sells all to lay claim to the treasure. I want to tell you real quick, very quickly, what I believe that parable means. Here it is. Jesus is that treasure in the field. Jesus is that treasure that I was not looking for, yet somehow I stumbled across. I wasn't looking for him, but he was right there just placed in my path and joy comes when you decide to let go of an old life to obtain the new life that's the moment joy comes do you listen joy doesn't come when you finally defeated the sin no joy comes the moment you decide you want to joy comes the moment that you decide i want to live for jesus joy comes the moment that you decide i have found a treasure that is worth living for Joy comes when you decide. Somebody say decide. Are you that unnamed character in the parable? Will you make a decision today? Will you make a decision for Jesus? If you've never made a decision for Jesus, I would love for you to make a decision today. I want you to come in this altar and talk to me. I want you to pray with me. 
We're going to rejoice. Uh, you'll be so joyful. You'll be so glad you did. But first, can I tell you, Jesus has made a decision already. Jesus made a decision already. Hebrews 12 and 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. You pay attention to this. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus you're our example in all things. You're our example in everything. And for the joy set before Him, He endured the worst. He endured the hardship of the cross. For the joy set before us, will we endure? Will you endure for the cause of Jesus Christ? Will He endure for the gospel? Will you endure for the kingdom of God? And can you do it joyfully? If you will spend some time loving Jesus, that love will turn into complete joy today. These altars are open. Come love Jesus. Come seek Him. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed